This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. oh, oh, oh no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor on the deep throw! Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind, drives inside! And the foul! Lance Stevenson and a chance for a three-point play. He just headbutted the Stanton. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome back to episode 22 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook and sitting next to me as always, Eric Hawk and Jake Light. Guys, my voice is, uh, you know... It's going to be hard for me to talk today, so if I sound a little raunchy... Yeah, you sound awful. Yeah, I had some things going on this week, and I was at the Pacers game and a concert, so... Yeah, how, was, how was the 21 Pilots concert? It was great. Did Definitely you, one of the best concerts I've been to. Did you and really? all the 14-year-old girls have a good time? No. <laughs> how, what about the game? Thoughts on the game? Stadium? We'll get into that when we start talking about the actual okay. Pacers-Bucks game. Um, but first, we have a very special uh, five NBA predictions from our one of our favorite guests, David Harrison. Uh, we recorded with him a couple weeks ago, and he has five NBA predictions here for the NBA season. So before we get into any talk on Pacers basketball, we're going to go into that real quick. Hope you guys enjoy five NBA predictions from our man, David Harrison. All right, so today, very... Special preview, you know, we have our NBA preview episode, but we're going to also include David Harrison has agreed to to join us again, and he's going to give us five outlandish predictions for the upcoming NBA season. Just comes to the top of his head. Uh, I think I heard maybe he's going to list off some awards, but maybe he's got something else. So, David, I'm going to give you the floor. I want your five predictions for the upcoming NBA season. What you got? Right, number one, uh, Ron Artest becomes commissioner. <laughs> totally on the cards. Can um, you imagine? <laughs> how would how would the NBA be different? Or how would it be the same? I, I guess think it would be more like hockey. Um, just fights. Just, just you know, just drop the gloves. There'd be a lot of dro- glove dropping. Right. Um, I like it. Number two, um, I would say Ben Simmons wins the MVP. Oh, I, I like that. I, if there's someone that's going to surprise, if he you know just puts up numbers, stays you know in the media, he has he's a great player. Uh, number three, outlandish, not like you know probable, more outlandish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's say 
Pacers won the East. Whoa. You heard <laughs> We said it has to be outlandish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's outlandish because you have, you know, the, you have the Celtics. Right. You have Sixers, uh, Raptors. You have, Sixers, you have the Raptors. So, you know, out of out of those teams, I would say, you know, the Pacers winning the East, that's pretty outlandish. All right. We'll, um, give, you, we'll give you a break there. <laughs> but uh, could happen. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. Um, Outlandish. You got two left. Two. Uh, I win the MVP. I think, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. David Harrison is making a comeback. Uh, you know, you know, there's some, there's always you know, been some offers, but you don't just sign a contract just to take a contract. It has right. to be the right situation. Yeah. So, you're still waiting on the situation. <laughs> it's all about the situation. <laughs> Warriors call, you might take it. Some could say I don't know if I gel well with that. Some could say you're the most patient free agent ever. Ten yeah. plus years now, you've just waiting for the right opportunity. Well, it's even worse taking the wrong opportunity. Yeah, exactly. you just wait. You know, sit and patient. So know? wait, are we breaking news here that you are not retired? Technically, I'm still a free agent. Okay, good. I like that. <laughs> so you are still on the market. Technically. Okay. Technically. I think I've been retired in the hearts of minds of people, not in the uh, official... But not in your mind. When you officially retire, (laughs) can we break the news? Sure. (laughs) Okay, just let us know when we need to break the news. You're never retired. All right, I like that. All right, final one. Andrew Bynum. Oh, Oh, no. Andrew Bynum goes to the Lakers. Wow. And? Lakers win it all. He could start. Well, this is the Dude, thing. Dude, he was good at Indy when he was healthy. I mean, he's got JaVale McGee in front of him. Andrew's good. Yeah. Um, he's a really good player. The problem is motivation. You can't motivate somebody like that. He has nothing to achieve. There's nothing you can say. He played with probably one of the greatest players you ever play. Um, there's the, he was too young for the achievement he's made and his attitude reflected that so you had a 24 year old that pretty much had the achievements of a 35 year old and started playing like that i don't have to do this i don't have to do right. that. I don't do other stuff you know like at the end of the day probably one of the most talented players you'd ever meet uh inside and outside i mean he wasn't the first stretch big he mm-hmm. shot that three after that you saw what happened yeah uh but like I said, I think I I I would like to see Andrew Bynum play in the NBA again. As a, as a big, I would like to see you know a thirty year old seven foot one guy still have a home. You know, yeah, I like it. Well, those are the five. Yeah, that wraps up those five predictions from David Harrison. He's gonna win MVP. Andrew Bynum's coming back. I'm going to beat Andrew Bynum to the MVP. There That's you why go. I wanted to go back it's going to be, competition. It's going to be a two-man yeah, race. Two-man race. <laughs> so that'll wrap up that segment. Thanks a lot, David, for those predictions. Hope all those come true, especially you coming back and winning MVP. Oh, that's, you can just put your house on it. <laughs> all right, well, that wraps up the five big predictions from our main man, David Harrison. Really appreciated the fact that uh, – 
when he does officially decide to, to, to retire from the NBA, even though he's been out of the league for 13 years now, he said we could announce it on our podcast. Yeah, thanks to him. He knows a, a good set of journalists when he sees them. Yeah, and he knows we'll be fair with it. You know, we, we're not going to leak anything. We're going to let him go out on his terms and uh, respect him for respecting us. All right, well, let's get into some important matters here. We uh, had the first three games of the Pacers season here to start the year. Uh, first, we'll just go on these in order and just get your thoughts from each of the games here uh, thus far. Pacers started off the season last Wednesday. They played the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they ended up winning 111-83. to So a big blowout to start off the season. So before we get into you know maybe some of the stats here, what were some of your guys' takeaways from the game? I mean, I thought it was, obviously it was, it was pretty great from the beginning. Um, I was super pumped about Sabonis. I, you know, obviously 14 points, 15 rebounds. He was just all over the place. Um, and I thought the first game, the big takeaway was our second unit, Tyreek Evans. My gosh. I mean, he just makes such a difference coming off the bench. He's leading our second unit. Um, I do think there are going to be points this year where um, he's going to have to do a little more pick and roll with Sabonis. But obviously game one, I mean, it was just a relentless shellacking um, I thought, you know, Turner looked pretty good in game one, even though starters didn't play heavy minutes. Um, and Memphis is not good at all. You can, they're aging. They're kind of in the middle of trying to let Conley and Gasol go out the right way while at the same time trying to play young guys, and it's just not a very good mix. Yeah, the Aaron Holiday banked three. That got me so pumped when he came in. Uh, also, the TJ Leaf one minute playing, that was pretty sad. I, what was his injury? Uh, something foot? Ankle. Sprained ankle. He's got to get those feet worked on. He needs to get them rubbed down or something. He's always having problems with his feet, it seems like. But, yeah, Tyreek, Sabonis, and McDermott, the three guys in the second unit, loved every second of watching them play. Vic didn't have the biggest game, but, you know, he didn't really need to. We were spreading the ball around. We were pretty locked down defensively that game. So, heck of a way to open the year. And then, you know, the next game was pretty pretty sad compared to, which we'll get into, but... Yeah, heck of a game opening opening night. And also Bogdanovich, he had 19 points. Yeah, he had, what, the first six points of the yeah, game? Yeah, he had the first several points of the game. I think he scored, you know, eight, eight to ten points in the first quarter, somewhere around there. So he was hot to start the game off. And uh, one of the other things that, to point out, Darren Collison, zero points in game one. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. I mean, he's going to have these goose eggs every now and then. He's not... Some dominant offensive player. He, he stepped it up the next two games. I think we can all agree. He, he hit his shots when he needed to. And maybe we'll have a 50-40-90 from Darren Collison before we even know it. But probably not. Yeah, I have a lot to say about Darren Collison. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it kind of for the wrap-up session um, after we talk about all three, all three games. But um, I'm not as concerned with his offense as I am with his defense. I think we're going to have some major liabilities when we start playing some of the better teams in the East. Um, again, I'll try to hold hold off on that. But uh, you know, we don't. Not everybody has to go off each game. I think we're built, you know, so that some guys can have off nights while other guys have career nights, and vice versa. You know, we did not need him. We didn't even need Vic really to go off in game one. Um, and, and you know, game two it kind of showed some weaknesses. But for all intent and purposes, Collison did what we needed him to do, and that was just be efficient and uh, just take care of the ball. All right, so uh, next game up that they played was last Friday. They played against the Milwaukee Bucks. I will kind of give my thoughts here on this game here. I have some notes here because I was at the game. Some of uh, not really 
big game takeaways because we know that you know that game didn't very really go well for the Pacers. But some about you know I was there in that new arena, and I was there that big crowd. So got some got some thoughts here for you guys. First off, uh, it was a sellout. So here's what happened in my standpoint was uh, like three or four weeks ago I found out I was going to Milwaukee this past weekend, and so I looked at the schedule, saw the Pacers were playing there on the Friday that we were driving up. So obviously I'm going to buy Pacers tickets. So I go online and most of these tickets are just ridiculously priced. The The cheapest ticket to get into the arena was like $115. So this past week I go on to Vivid Seats where I bought the, bought the tickets. No ad plug there, but if they're interested in, in coming on <laughs> Vivid Seats, here's an ad, ad plug for you. Uh, the same row that I sat at ticket-wise Dropped from one fifteen to forty five dollars. <laughs> That's just the way of the road. So I wondered. I was like, "What's going on here?" And then I thought, "Oh, Milwaukee Brewers and Los Angeles Dodgers played Game Six Friday night, mm-hmm. same time as the Bucks played." So tickets had dropped literally like seventy five percent in most sections. So first off, we didn't get off to a good start there because I could have sat three rows up for the same price that I paid to sit, to sit thirty <laughs> rows up on the court. Anyway. It was a really nice arena, which you would expect because it's brand new. Uh, it's kind of it's small. I mean, the there's really no upper level, um, but the uh, the fans were wild. You know, they were they were really excited. The first two minutes of the game uh, for the Pacers was just great for me, honestly, because Stephanie and I, my wife, we were the only Pacers fans in our section, and so that first two minutes of the game, I think we were up 10-0, 11-0, whatever it was. It just was a great time to be a Pacers fan during that time frame. Um, and then we obviously know what had happened after that. Um, a couple other things was a lot of people in the crowd, and I feel like this is going to be no matter where he goes or he just kind of has this this bullseye on his back is Doug McDermott. <laughs> just all this heckling from Doug McDermott. I just feel like, and I was probably one of those guys when he was on those other teams. There's just this guy, every time Doug McDermott would make a play or uh, take a sh- make a shot or a rebound or something like that, he'd yell, good for you, Doug, good for you. <laughs> so just stuff like that, Doug McDermott, he's just this white guy who can shoot. He had that big college career. I feel like he's always going to have that bullseye on his back. Um, but I've been very impressed with the way Doug has played in these first few games of the season. And then also, before the game, I met with Chris Denary and Jeremiah Johnson, two of our podcast guests. So talked to them for about a half hour before the game. Very interesting stuff. So uh, very nice guys, and they both talked about coming back on the podcast. So I, that's my whole spiel, but I will let you guys get into your thoughts on the actual game action of that. That game was just sad. From I mean, we started off kind of hot, and I was like, okay, we're going to play. And then Giannis just took over. And around the rim, we couldn't even handle him. We got our asses kicked that game. So I'm not going to take anything away from it. That's a home opening stadium game, first opening game of the year for them. They kicked our ass. Like, that was just embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, it was tough for me. Um, it was tough for me. I was trying to watch it coming home from a game in which I was coaching. So I didn't get to watch the first quarter. I got a, got in with about three minutes left in the second quarter. We just didn't have an answer for Giannis. I, I, I'm not really super concerned. Um, I, you know, that was a game I thought was semi-big, but as we talked about on previous podcasts, it's not going to make or break our season. Um, I do think it's going to be an issue if Giannis starts hitting shots outside of, like, 15 feet. I mean, the dude literally – there were, there was one play. He had it at the three-point line. He legit, like, just took, like, one hard dribble and just – 
like two big steps and just like jumped over. I think it was, it might have been, it might have been Sabonis trying to come over the top and he just dunked it. It was just like, there's nothing you can possibly do. Um, again, that was kind of the first, there were a couple things that happened in that game with Darren Collison on defense where I started noticing there, there could be some issues, but overall the whole game was just one thing after another, uh, hats off to the Bucks. They played really well. Um, I don't think that that's indicative of how our season is going to go against them. Yeah. I hope not. (laughs) Also, I mean, they turned out, turned the ball over a lot. Got out-rebounded. Uh, I felt like really the only person who showed up to play was Sabonis. He had that big dunk, I think, on Brooke Lopez. Did you guys see that? Yeah. That yeah. was nasty. Um, Three-point shooting-wise, I think we only took 18 threes. So a lot of people, especially on Twitter, were complaining that we're not shooting enough three-point shots. Yeah. Um, um, we took a lot of mid-range shots that game. So what do you guys think about the three-point shooting at least to start the season off not being quite there yet. Yeah, I think Grant Afseth, uh, friend of the pod, uh, sent, a, sent a tweet out basically saying that we were taking, uh, we were the highest per- team percentage-wise in taking 15-foot jumpers or around there. I can't overstate how much I hate that because, I mean, it's just we don't even have any knockdown 15-foot That's guys. what we did last year. Though. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what happened. I mean – but I think with the way the NBA is going, I think getting Tyreek Evans, getting some of those guys, McDermott, I think we made a conscious effort uh, to try to eliminate those 15-foot jumpers. Um, and I just don't like it because <laughs> the NBA right now is being won by layups, three-pointers, and free throws. And the 15-footer, I, I get it. This is Indiana. I love my, I love being a good 15-foot jump <laughs> shot. I love it. Jimmy Chitwood. Uh, but that's... I, I don't think that's how you win in the modern NBA. So definitely after two games in, I was a little more worried than I am now. Obviously, we play a lot better versus the Nets, but um, don't don't love seeing those stats about 15 foot I think jumpers. last year it was we took the most 15-footers and we made the most. So right. we had the highest efficiency rate, and we had found some like weird loophole in the modern NBA. And people were saying the reason we were winning last year is because we were taking these inside-the-arc shots and we were making them at a historic rate right so i, I don't like it either I, I definitely the nba is transitioning towards you know the jump the three-point jump shot and we come back against brooklyn and we what second most three-pointers made in a pacers game of all time or something like it was that. something crazy like that and so I, I think it's there and we know the guys that can shoot threes doug i mean we got these guys off the bench you know victor all these guys can shoot and it's just the way our offense was run that night particularly and i don't know why because i think the outside shot is something we should have exploited against, you know. It felt like they were just, like, giving it to us because they, they knew we had <laughs> Oh, they were giving it to us. They were absolutely giving it to us. That was one of the worst games I'd seen. That's the game we needed Lance. He would not have let us fall back that far. And I was Away saying, game he probably would have, yeah. That he would have gone crazy. He would have done something stupid, but then he would, we would have went on, like, a 10-0 run and they would have had to call a timeout. Just something like that is what Lance – that's what this team was missing, and I'm so happy we bounced back and absolutely destroyed – the Nets because, you know, I was really thinking about how much I missed Lance well, the other night. A little slide in here with the Lance conversation. Last night, Lance, I mean, just baited, baited. Baited hard into, into a technical. Te- technical. Yeah. And then I he mean, was the voice of reason on the brawl. Well, and then, I mean, it kind so, of forced. it almost this guy? I know. I'm sure we'll talk about it in around the association. But yep. he was kind of, I mean, it kind of forced Harden to be super passive. And it might – I mean, that was kind of a big play because if Harden gets another tech, they're out. Chris yep. Paul, I mean, 
they're basically out of the game. So, I mean, huge play by Lance there. And Actually, the best play by Lance last night was when he was in the corner and he took a three, and he did one of those where you shoot the three and you yeah. just start yep, running to yep, the end. Yep, and he the airballed. The swaggy P. The torch has been passed. <laughs> and he airballed. Swaggy P to Lance Stevenson. I Barely love it. nicked the rim, but that's um, Lance. So. Yeah, yep. so other one more thing on the uh, Bucks game. Actually, a couple things. Brooke Lopez. I mean, the last couple of years, this guy has torched us from the three-point line. That game, he was literally wide open. And then John Henson, I think he made like one or two threes in his whole career. He made like two or three that night. Yeah, and he made one at the buzzer. Like, they were just on complete fire. And the other thing was, I was sitting right next to the Bucks like, fan section, kind of like what we do there in Indiana. And they had different stupid little chants for uh, – for the Pacers, and when Miles Turner was shooting free throws, they were chanting "overpaid." So I found that kind of ironic because they overpaid like four or five guys on that roster. Didn't they? Tony Snell, Della Vadova. Didn't they? Mirza John Hinton. Yeah, I would have loved like, to seen you go over to each fan and I know. explain to them the contract. <laughs> I really, I really <laughs> now listen here, guys. He's not compared to this. Compared to that, that would have been I just awesome. wanted to be like Tony Snell. I mean, the guy makes ten million dollars a year, and he's literally the worst basketball player I've ever seen. He's so bad. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I didn't get to watch this game, so I'm going to leave this guy this game up to you guys. Analysis wise, uh, playing against the Brooklyn Nets at home, blowout. What are your thoughts? A lot of guys in double digits. I love that complete effort. It was kind of, it reminded me of the first game a lot, but the fact that you know Victor had a really good game, and that we there was no letting up either. I feel like every guy that we threw into that rotation scored and scored pretty easily. Defensively, we played a lot better too. I, and then that's they just don't have a lot, you know. And it was close up till like halftime, and then you know the second half, the better team just just prevailed. They got guys that can make shots, but they have no real game changers. No one to push them over the edge. If I were the if I was a Nets fan right now, I would just be hoping just you know tank tank tank. Let's see what R.J. Barrett's all about. Let's get Canada up in here. That's what I would. Those are my thoughts. And I, I loved watching Doug McDermott make threes last night. It put a smile on my face every time. Doug McDermott stepped up in a huge way uh, because you know the thing about the Nets, they're feisty, they're frisky, they're they're young guys that just move. They play a quick tempo, and I really like that. Um, they got guys like Jared Allen. Um, and not Jared, Jarrett Allen, and he uh, he's going to be a player. I, I really like him, um, and he they expose some of our weaknesses on the defensive end. Again, we'll talk about that here in a second, but um, I, I really thought Doug hit some huge shots. I mean, just in big moments where they're making a little bit of a run, like a little five oh six oh run, you know, pull within like six or seven, even eight. And then all of a sudden, Dougie Fresh just bang, bang, bang. Uh, basically, told all of those uh, Bucks fans to shove it, um, and I loved it. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm glad. Now I didn't know all this about about the Bucks fans being all over Doug McDermott. So now I'm I'm glad. I, I have to think that played a role in, in you know his great shooting out the yep. shooting outing on uh, the Saturday. Bucks fans got to him. I, Ek showed up on the stat sheet, which I was also very impressed. He wasn't shy to shoot that 15 footer <laughs> yeah. that you hate so much. He right. rimmed two of those out, but he he had a pretty nice block and he just out there looking at ek on the basketball court is just it it makes me start salivating dude because <laughs> his length and his body type I don't think anybody oh is more on the hype train for ek than you he may never play like a serious <laughs> yeah. minute in the nba but i love just his body type i could just stare at that man all day what about not creepily what about uh how did spencer uh did what he play last night you know the guy that keeps calling out he like he can't get over the most improved award 
How yeah, did he I, play last night? I don't think he had a good game from what I remember. I don't remember. He I, well, the, the thing is, I don't remember a lot about him, and I think that's that's pretty. That's, that's pretty. That's, that's all you need Pretty to know. indicative of you know how he how he played. One guy again. Um, Karis Levert looks. Uh, nice. Karis Levert does look really. And nice. He should be in a Pacers jersey. <laughs> former Pacer, um, former Pacer for draft night. Him and Kawhi, um, but D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to get it done. It seems. I don't he's think. Passed. I don't. If think you have any stocks left in D'Angelo Russell, sell now. Sell now. It he. And it's weird because there's some possessions. It's like, dude, this is why he was drafted like top two. And then there'll be like five or six possessions where he doesn't even like try to get the ball. Stands in the corner. He's not a corner three guy. Um, he needs to have the ball in his hands. And it's just really weird. The Nets obviously don't believe in him because they want Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, to have the ball in his hands. So it's just a really weird mix of, of things happening. Um, he did expose Collison. A little bit on pick and rolls. Uh, the teams are just going to pick and roll us to death with Collison. Um, I count. I went back and counted of the first fifteen possessions. Um, the Nets p- picked Darren Collison in a pick and roll situation twelve times. <laughs> I mean, and they knew what they wanted. Yeah, they knew what they wanted, and teams are going to do that. And uh, it's getting to me just watching it. Um, I don't know how we're going to fix it. I, I don't want to over-adjust, uh, but when when you when you bring Miles out of the paint and then you pick and roll with Collison, he's not getting back quick. It's just a very scary proposition for me. we got to go back to the Bucks game one, one second oh, no. because the smothered chicken. We had a down, what, 25 points smothered chicken? Yes. Now, I love the smothered chicken, Quinn. It wasn't even I love a block. Everything. It, 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 was it? Save the smothered chicken for a game we're it, winning. It or like a, like a jump ball. Like a five, a close game. I don't want to blow out smothered chicken. I think that's the, my only, that's I my think, only uh, the, here, here's my here's my. He got hype. He, he heard I the smothered chicken. People were talking people about it. People have been in his ear all offseason. And he, he just he got excited year. with that. And I just, you got to tuck that in the back pocket a little bit. Yeah, people have been, you know, in his ear about how stingy he was last year. So he saw a good opportunity. <laughs> and, I mean, had they called it a block, I think it was a smothered chicken worthy. Yeah. I mean, Vic blocking Giannis at any point is, yeah, I feel like, smooth awesome. and worthy. But like you said, you're down 20 points. And he said it, and I was confused because I got real excited for a second, and then I remember we were down, like, more than 20. My other like, thoughts yeah. on that, too, was yeah. uh, McMillan leaves the starters in for way too long yeah. in games. On the first night of Absolutely back-to-back. Absolutely way too long. When they're getting blown out. Yes, Victor Oladipo played, I think, until the three or four-minute mark. In the fourth quarter, down by 20. He checked him back in down by 20, like at the six-minute mark, whatever it was. It's like, no. Yeah, he's, he's let that, game, that first game we were blowing him out, he left him in kind of long. He does that all time. the time. When he, uh, these bench players, these third stringers, if you got a 20-point lead, he's not bringing him in until the two- or three-minute mark. Yeah. Or if you're down 20, same thing. Nate's been around the block or two. He doesn't want to see some miraculous. I'm telling you, there. one t- one of these times though, it's it's gonna bite us in the ass. And Somebody it kind of did. There hurt. was time when it, when he got his he picked up a second foul. Was it? I think it was the first game when I was bitching. He took him out with the second foul and like four minutes to go at half. He takes out. He takes him out, not thinking he, obviously, so he didn't get the third foul. But then they come down the court and they just hit three after three after three on us, and we're like. You got to leave Victor in for a little bit. He's begging to be left in. He's your superstar. I mean, he is the way he plays with the lineups. I'm not a big fan of early on this year. Yeah, I've never been really big fan of it. But uh, shout out Kylo Quinn though. Yeah, yeah. what a game! Yeah, how could we have not have mentioned him? Uh, yeah, he, 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 he. We're terrible at this. He <laughs> was great, and, and you know what? The thing, the thing with O'Quinn was he did not play well in the first half. If you look at his first half stats, I think he might have had two points, a couple rebounds. 
comes out, uh, you know, in the third quarter. Obviously, he didn't come out starting, but he came in in the third quarter and he made a huge difference. Uh, just really took it to the Nets second team. Um, just got feisty on the boards. Um, got some putbacks. Um, just a little bit of everything, and that's exactly we've been preaching this. My God, we've been preaching it. When you put O'Quinn in the game, you're going to get rebounds, you're going to get trash buckets, and you're going to get picks. I don't know what more you could possibly want from a backup four slash five, um, but I love it. And I honestly think this could be a situation in which Nate starts looking at this and thinking, do we want to play TJ Leaf over this guy? Question mark? Yeah, and well, the other thing since you brought that up was – uh, with with O'Quinn, a guy like that that's sitting at the end of your bench. Let's just say we keep going back to the Bucks game. Um, but at one point during that game, Giannis had more rebounds himself than the whole Pacers starting five combined. We used up all the rebounds. It was like fourteen game. to thirteen or something <laughs> like that. Actually, no, the Pacers might have had one more. Anyway, it was close between five guys and Giannis. Why couldn't you throw in a guy like O'Quinn in that situation and go in and get your rebounds when you're getting out rebounded so badly like that? Yeah, like that's only assist. That's a lot for a head coach to, you know, kind of memorize and know what's going on that way. How bad we're getting out rebounded. You got to put some blame on the assistant coaches too. I think they're to like yeah. to keep them up. I don't know. Maybe well, that's also the beginning. Maybe it was just his master plan. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. All right. So first three games of the year, Pacers start off two and one. I think that we're pretty content with that. Really didn't expect them to go into Milwaukee and get that win, but we were kind of just hoping that you know they would have made it a little closer than they did. Uh, coming up this week, Pacers have three games on the slate. They are all on the road. They play tonight at Minnesota. They play Wednesday night at San Antonio, and then they play Saturday night at Cleveland. So what do you guys think about those three games that the Pacers have coming up this week? Jimmy Butler, he, uh, he sat out. Yeah, he sat, he sat out, out Saturday last game. night. Was that like a trade rumor thing, or was that just his No, rest? I think it was just back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They okay. don't want him to get hurt because eventually, obviously. I'm just surprised work. Butler's still there, honestly. So It's amazing. I, that's going to be a tough game. Like, How honestly. funny is that, though? He gets booed at the beginning to MVP chance by the end of the game. <laughs> I think the home game they played the other night. That was yeah, awesome. I, never, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear he got booed, but that's Yeah, hilarious. he got booed, I think, in, in intros. Oh, okay. Well, kind of nervous about the Minnesota game. It's um, a tough matchup for us. Tough, very tough matchup. They, got good they did win there last year. I mean, uh, I'm interested to see how Nate matches up. Obviously, Coll- Collison's going to take Teague. Uh, I don't know who's going to guard Butler. I'm guessing Boyan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, you got Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you got Wiggins. Uh, they're going to be tough. I'm guessing Victor is going to probably take Wiggins. Um, there's just some matchup issues I, we have with this team. I still think we figure out a way to get it done, though. Obviously, they're pretty dysfunctional. Um, yeah. I think we'll be okay. You just need We need Miles or someone to get like a mean streak in them and just start talking shit to Carl Anthony Towns. Make him like cower up into a little ball. That's what you need. I think he just does that anyway. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be fine. Minnesota right now, they start, they've started off the year 1-2. and two. Uh, San Antonio, they are one and one, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are zero and three. Hell yeah! So I don't think we're anybody surprised that the Cavs haven't won a That's game. That's a tough little road stretch to start the year. Kind oh of yeah, most definitely. Too. North, south, you know, east. That's hopefully if we go two and one in these next three games, I'll be happy because I think winning at San Antonio is tough, and I think winning it against you know the Timberwolves is what they have is going to be tough. So two and one this week, I'll be happy. One and two, you know, we it's like whatever. We'll just we'll keep going. We'll talk about it. 
out of these games this week, are there any like individual matchups, players going against each other that you're looking forward to seeing? I guess Sexton versus Darren Collison will be interesting because, you know, if we exploit him so much and he, he's this guy we kind of all like as a as a rookie, that'll be a that'll be interesting. And then I kind of just like playing good teams just to watch their best players. Like I'm excited to see Carl Anthony Towns play. Hopefully we can shut him down. Obviously, but that matchup will be good just because he. I think he's offensively he's good. Defensively, Towns struggles. So I mean, hopefully we can exploit that and. He doesn't exploit us too much on the other end. Uh, my number one matchup I want to watch is uh, Nate McMillan versus uh, Greg Popovich here on Ooh. Wednesday. I, uh, I'm really interested to see. I think that's going to be pretty telling um, as to how teams around the league will start playing us. Obviously, I, I have a great respect for Popovich. Uh, I think he's probably the second. Uh, he's probably the first best coach. Him and, him and Stevens, we're not going to get into an argument about that. Um, two of the best coaches in the league. I think it'll be interesting. I do. I do think that he is going to try to put Victor in some tough spots guarding DeRozan. Um, Jakob Poitel, little starter. Yeah, little starter. I'm going to be interested to see uh, how we put him in space. Uh, he's he should not be able to guard Miles Turner. Um, and then obviously Sabonis coming off the bench. I like our second unit against uh, San Antonio a lot. So um, I think that matchup between the two head coaches, kind of just a little chess match. I'm just going to be interested to see how that goes down. And can Tyron Lue actually coach? We'll find out this week. Right now he has zero wins post-LeBron. <laughs> so. Dude, Trey Young lit them up t- uh, last night. Oh, yeah? How many did he end up with? Uh, I think he ended up with 35, Ooh. I think. when I Well, Truth be told here, uh, we kind of stopped uh, watching that game with like three minutes left. He did have 35 at one point, and I'm kind of talking around myself because I'm looking it up, but I'm going to act like I know it. He ended up with 35-11-2. and two. Okay. Hot diggity dog. Is and, he your uh, uh, rookie of the year now? Uh, they're giving him plenty of opportunities. He took 23 shots, 13 for 23. We're going to have to do a segment here soon. You're way um, too early predictions. <laughs> way Edit too your early. NBA preview predictions. Yes. Um, but I actually – I said this earlier. I kind of like the way the Atlanta Hawks are going about this rebuild. they got some interesting pieces. You're starting Vince Carter in the starting five. I think I, – I actually think they can make a little noise. You're a big Kevin Huter fan? For that eight seed. Love Kevin Huter. Um, and that's uh, – I think they can make around the eight seed. I was I haven't been impressed with pi- the Pistons either. The Pistons are undefeated, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they are. But I, I think that I haven't been impressed with – Who did they play? They played Cleveland? They have not played great competition. Yeah. And they played the Bulls. And I just haven't been impressed with uh, Drummond. He just gets boards and dunks. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> he hasn't though. tried to take any threes. I mean, he hasn't shown any ability to make post moves. Anyways, I'm talking about the eight seed. Who gives a crap? Where this is the Pacers podcast. I'm sorry. All right, we're gonna wrap that up, <laughs> and we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back around the association, coming back right after this. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Uh, usually, it's you know, how many games will the Pacers win this season? Uh, the truth is. I don't know who's how many games they're going to win, but if you think you know, you gotta go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. So that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. 
They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code READY25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code READY25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using our promo code READY25. And It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take that extra cash. It's time for Around the Association, presented by Born Ready to Pod. All right. <laughs> My favorite part of this whole thing is the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we definitely need to workshop that a little bit because uh, it's a weird transition. Maybe I should just keep the voice the whole time, just crazy and loud. All right, first up, we got Carl Anthony Towns. After having eight points in 22 minutes and fouling out, says if they play every game like that this season, he's confident they will win a lot of games. This is a tough loss in San Antonio. Those were his exact comments. Thoughts on Carl Anthony Towns. Hopefully he drops eight when we play them tonight. So he had eight points and he fouled out. In 22 minutes, and he said, if we keep that intensity, if we play like that all season, we're going to win a lot of games. I just thought it was hilarious. I don't even have the words for that. That's just the one of the dumbest comments I've yeah, seen I think in a it's while. Just, he was just, he's just conditioned into saying shit in front of the media. Like It's just one of those things you throw out there, and he's just the media goes on your way, and then you realize, ah, shit, I had a terrible game tonight. Maybe I should have said something else. It's one of those comments that you make when you're one of those guys, and he's not one of those guys, but where the stats don't tell all the story. Yeah. So. Well, with Carl Anthony Towns, literally the stats tell every bit of the story because he's such a terrible defender, and he doesn't even like try half the time. Which is not a hot take, it's just how it is. Um, just watching hockey pretzels here. Yeah, yeah, PB&J and pretzels. It's <laughs> a very nutritionist dinner. All right. But, uh, no, I think Carl Anthony Towns, I think uh, he's just a young guy. He's completely befuddled with this situation of Jimmy Butler. Um, and, you know, Jimmy didn't play last game, so all of a sudden now Carl Anthony Towns is getting more shots and he's scoring more. But when the first two games, <clears throat> Carl Anthony Towns didn't really do much. Yeah. And so I, I just – just a terrible quote. I think we can chalk it up to that, but he's not really, you know, done much in his career in terms of wins and losses. So, don't love it. Okay, next up. I don't know if you guys saw this game. It was the Maverick Suns. I think it was the opening night or maybe the day after, but yeah. hell of a game. Great game. And Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton together just look incredible. I think Ayton had or Booker had like 35, Ayton had 18. He was like seven from nine from the well, field. It looks great. It looks they, great. They both look amazing. So, and then, what's his name? Trevor Ariza. He might be MVP this year after that game. He had a hell of a game. And they just got Jamal Crawford, which is also a pointing topic here. So, are the Suns for real is my question. One of the funniest things that I saw was Jamal Crawford sitting on the bench, and he was giving Aiton advice. And then somebody was like, you couldn't obviously hear what he was saying, but somebody like put his caption as, like, dribble the clock out for, like, 20 <laughs> seconds and then take a contestant <laughs> shot. Like, that was his advice. But I didn't watch the game. I haven't seen those two play together yet. So my They're fun to watch. My, my comments on this aren't very, I mean, 
take take it for what it's worth. I'm just saying what I think happened. Gonna but hit, they got to stay healthy. Yeah, got to hit on this a little bit later, I think. But uh, league pass does wonders. Um, I do. I have gotten to watch uh, Aiden and Booker multiple times now. Uh, Aiden looks like the real deal. I mean, kudos to him. I think he's going to have to develop more of an outside game, but he's just banging on the boards. He's young. He's got hops. I mean, it's it's really fun to watch. Uh, Booker. I'm going to be interested to see how they kind of roll throughout this season. They're using him really as the point guard. I know they're playing Okobo or Eliokobo. I don't even know. How like, everyone says differently, but uh, they're trying to do different things. Not great. Um, I think they just gonna, should just let him play point guard and just run pick and rolls, put a reason in the corner, uh, try to just space everybody out. Um, but, yeah, they're really fun to watch. I'm, I If they were in the East – yeah, they'd be they'd talking a lot. We'd yeah. be talking more of a promising. But I think in the West, I mean, they're probably. I mean, I would, t- I would take them over LA right now. Just, I mean, just where they're at. Not by the end of the season, LeBron's going to be in the playoffs. So that's not what I'm saying. But like, they look better right now than the Lakers do. Yeah, right, that's fair. All right, next up, Miles Turner gets a haircut. He's he got the jersey. I haven't seen a picture of this. Is there a picture? The Pacers of Twitter posted it. All right, you got to show it to me right now. Live reaction to Miles Turner's. All right, you guys fill in the gaps the for, real quick while I'm searching. Speaking this. of dreads, I noticed John Wall's wearing a headband now, which kind of surprised me. Headbands are coming back. Headbands are back. Mike Conley. Headband. The other thing, the other thing I thought is LeBron hasn't worn one in so long. I forgot that he used to wear one. Yeah, that was that was when he was like a hardworking guy, though. Like now he's just you know. (laughs) So here's a picture of Miles loading up on the plane for the road trip. Oh my goodness! I like to see a little. He's got the little. He looks so much younger. Wow. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, he definitely looks younger. very nice glasses he has there. Uh, very eloquent look. What about the smile? What do you like about the smile? Uh, it's kind of. It's not a really. A smile. Yeah, it's it's not like an actual Let's just smile. Say it's just if, kind of like uh, a, I know I'm better. If than Indiana you. Members Credit Union gave out backpacks based on like that beautiful smile, how many times he smiles in game, they'd run out of freaking backpacks. Yeah, that's right? absolute. I'm interested but to see because head, headband on Turner, yes or no, with that hair. Yeah, he'll wear a headband. I'm, it's going to look so weird out there. Yeah, I know. We're not going to really tell what it looks like until he plays. I tomorrow. can't wait. Well, luckily, tonight. luckily he gets matched up with Carl Anthony Towns tomorrow, so he should have a big game. That's also, the major big, key of the game is Miles' production without the, the, haircut, the haircut. Big news, Dwight Probably Howard awful. just followed us on Twitter. The Dwight Howard? It's a fake Dwight Howard, but his name's Dwight Howard. So Dwight Howard did indeed just follow us on Twitter. That's amazing. I don't think it's the real Dwight Howard because he only has 70 followers. Could be. I mean, the stock's gone way down lately. <laughs> All right, next up, we got the G League Professional Path. I don't know if this is 100%, but they mentioned something about offering $125K yep. to high school students that want to go maybe go pro. Personally, I think it's, it's a push – this will push the NCAA to have to do something. They're not going to just let these guys go there. I think we're going to look at them paying them soon. And I don't hate it. I think if you turn the G League – somebody made this point to me that college basketball is about winning first, developing second. The G League would be the complete opposite. Development is the huge key. So I think that could be the huge benefit here. And, I mean, you get guys that you don't have these sketchy agents. People can sign deals right out of high school. Like, it's sponsored by Gatorade, so you can automatically get a contract with Gatorade, get that money. 125 for an 18-year-old, that's, that's, well, not, yeah, that's pretty not good. It's not even the 125. It's also the endorsement deals you're eligible yeah. for then, too. So you're going to – that 125 is just – you know, that's just a little dent in the wall. Uh, they're going to be getting – 
that route, they would be getting a lot more money via endorsement deals because they can't do that through college. The biggest takeaway for me, though, is this is going to completely destroy LeVar Ball's league, thank God. Like, nobody's going to go play in that league anymore. I saw a lot of people giving him credit, though, for this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they gave him credit, but this has been in the works for a while. LeVar Ball's not the guy who put this... Like, someone else has had this idea for years. LeVar Ball was not the genius behind it. He's going to definitely take the credit. He's going to say it was all him. I'd like to see, like, a, a picture of him in Adam Silver's office just, like, yeah. screaming and yelling. Um, as you just said, uh, NCAA, they'll probably have to do something. But the NBA is also going to do something. I think they're going to get rid of the one-and-done deal here in the next few years. So I think that's going to eventually work its way out because you'll be seeing a lot more of these guys – that you know would leave after a year of college. Just think of Aaron going Holiday, straight to the NBA, Alize Johnson, TJ Leaf in this G League. Like it'd be like what European soccer does. They got all these like farm systems kind of thing, and and what baseball does here in America. I I think it, I think I like this idea. Honestly, I, I I didn't think of it through the eye of like a GM. Do you think they would value a guy who plays better in the G League or a guy who plays better in the NCAA? I tell you what, Kevin Pritchard would be at you know a lot of high school games, sitting next to mamas, you know, kissing babies. <laughs> if this happens, I actually uh, I don't know if it's going to make as big a difference as, as what I initially thought because uh, without going into too much detail here, like obviously these colleges are paying these kids. I mean that is that is a 100%. foregone conclusion. I don't know. I can't necessarily say the colleges are the ones paying the actual kid or if the money is going, you know, getting cleaned somewhere. I mean, I'm R.I.P. You know, Chuck Person. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, um, you know, I was part. I, I, I I've literally have heard of kids like say, "Hey, it's going to cost this." this amount of money for me to sign here today, yeah. you know, on this official visit. Yep. No, I'm not paying that. Okay, I'm going to commit somewhere else, decommit, and then go back to that exact place that said, hey, I want you had to pay me this. I wonder what changed. And um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if kids are going to pass up that, that college opportunity. Like you said, you do um, – you, it's kind of not as sleazy, obviously. It's $150,000 straight up plus endorsements. I'm sure that's nice. Um, the thing that I would be a little skeptical about is, um, you know, if I'm a GM, is the talent in the G League going to be, you know, as good as the talent in the college game? I have no clue. That's a literal yeah. question. You have to wait. I mean, that's um, your scout. You have to rely on your scouts. Absolutely, no doubt he's going to have to rely on his scouts. Um, all NBA teams are, are going to have to put a he- more heavy emphasis on their scouting. Uh, you know, the scouts, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Once the one-and-done rule is out, I, again, I think that's going to be great for the league. It's going to make make, thing, make things a lot less, you know, s- slimy, dirty. Um, I think the G League, you know, if you're hard up for money, $150,000, not, not a bad way to go. Yeah, I, I would take that right now. And then a $10 million endorsement deal from Gatorade. Hell yeah. All right, next up we got League Pass Entertainment. So if anybody out there has League Pass, you know what we're talking about. Or if you do Reddit streams, which you don't want those viruses, so we would not, you know, we would not endorse that. But on a League Pass at halftime, you get to watch all of the in-game entertainment that's going on at the court like you were actually there. If you have There's the no premium timeouts. Pass. Yeah, yeah, if you have the premium pass. So it's awesome. I saw a guy, you know, I forget – what game? It was the Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks were uh, they, sh- they were shooting 0 of 10 from the field, and I was watching this game on League Pass, and this guy comes in and hits a half-court shot, wins like $10,000. $10, yeah. And then they just went on and had the most like the best second quarter of their franchise history. So this stuff matters. Oh, game, absolutely. Game entertainment matters, and it's it's hilarious to watch the, the crowd shots of random people. I could just I could just sit there and watch that. That needs to be its own channel. Like, 
here's all the games that nothing's happening in, and we're, the camera guy's just having fun. That's I just need that little like button to push. And then you have all of the dunk. So like we have the power pack yep. boomer and his team, and then you have all of these other dunkers that you get to see. In and Washington, the, uh, they got yeah, the Secret Service. I was gonna say the Secret yeah. Service Those dunkers. Those guys are awesome. They wear ties. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more fit than than we are, you know. They just I, yeah. obviously they got to use a trampoline. Yeah. But cheaters, no, dude. I'm telling you, the Cavaliers have a really good one where it's like just like it shows like all these little kids dancing, and of course they're doing the Fortnite dances and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like okay, it stops, and it's like old man dance, old how, old, old how dad many, dance. How many times already? <laughs> they almost you know have a week that we've had NBA games, whatever it is. How many times have you seen the floss dance? <laughs> because that's all I ever see at these games. At the Bucks game, that Pacers game, that's all. They, the floss dance and the Orange yeah. Justice one that no one. What's can ever the Orange see Justice? The one where they're like. <laughs> <laughs> this is great radio. I love it. Yeah, yeah that dance is incredibly hard. I've tried. The many floss times. dance is like the dab from a couple years ago. And Fun fact: I was at the Colts game today, and there was a random sixty-year-old guy. He was sitting in the like. Up front right of me, like five rows. We score a touchdown. I just look over to him. He's sitting there stone cold. All of a sudden, he just dabs <laughs> and goes back to just staring at the game and blank. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Didn't even acknowledge. Nobody, <laughs> he acknowledge he, he just, just dabbed himself up and then kept going with his life. Respect the hell out of that move. All right, next up, the brawl. Okay, so last night, two nights ago now, we had uh, LeBron's first game in uh, LAC playing the Rockets. Hard foul, blah, blah, blah. The Rockets are claiming that Rajon Rondo spit on Chris Paul, and that's what you know caused him to try to gouge out Rajon Rondo's eyes. And Rajon Rondo was not having the, the gouging of the eyes. He came in with the left, and then he hit him again with the right, and then Brandon Ingram saw all this from a distance, came sprinting in, hit him one, two. That was... It was a pretty good brawl for NBA standards. It's, you don't see started, full-blown punches that often. It started with Ingram being a punk, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't like James Harden. Everyone knows I don't like James Harden. He makes a good basketball move. It should have been an and one because he didn't put the ball on the ground. He's whining. Ingram calls him a punk AB, pushes him. Okay, he gets a tech. But the, the best part about that whole thing was uh, there were multiple people. Um, Paul Pierce was one of them. Um, Jalen Rose, like after the game, they were saying like this has been building up for years between yeah. those two. Like they hate each other. Um, I it looks like maybe Rondo does spit now. Uh, you know, after definitely does slow, spit. slow it down. You know, I'm not willing to you know go too far, but I just was so satisfied seeing Paul get rocked in his face with the quick left, yeah. little quick left, quick right. Rondo's with um, the shit. He will not yeah. let that. And then me. hey, just sipping my tea over here. Did LeBron save his teammate? No, he went right for Chris Paul and started hugging him. It was really weird. Just sipping my tea. Yeah. Just sipping my tea. LeBron's, he's a pansy. He wasn't going to fight anybody. And suspensions came in. Brandon Ingram, four games. Rondo got three, and Chris Paul got two. So, yeah. Looks like the NBA. It wasn't anything more. I think that's 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 fair. That's great. Because I, personally, as a fan, you want to see this kind of stuff, kind of. You don't want to see it escalate too much. You don't want to lose guys because of a serious injury, obviously, but. It's a fan. I, I kind of next time Lakers Rockets are playing, I'm going to be tuned in. I'll tell you that. No, oh, absolutely. And did you see Stephen Jackson's morning uh, reaction to it? No, I did not. But basically, I can only imagine. Basically, uh, he had a shirt Was off. He smoking a dude. <laughs> 
And he basically just said that the NBA referees just let these things go, and then the NBA wonders why they escalate so quickly. Like, if you see the referees, they're like, oh, dude, I ain't getting in the middle of this. I mean, which I would not be getting in the middle of that either, but he, he basically insinuated that that was the reason why the mouse at the palace happened, which is a good point. Um, but he, he was just like, oh, dude, he was all about Brandon Ingram. He's like, that boy, that boy was ready to fight. Like, you know, some of these guys are not ready to fight. Brandon Ingram's ready to fight. I don't think it makes you cool to, like, be wanting to fight. You know, I just yeah. kind of like in the moment that stuff happens it makes the game better well then just think about all the money that they just lost out on because yeah. and i understand they make a lot of money but they just lost a lot of money by those suspensions yep sure and a lot lost a lot of street credibility all right well we're done with around the association but we the bonus segment around the pod and it's basically we're going to talk about this guy dming us on twitter are we gonna are we telling that story now yeah okay so go ahead i don't even know how to say his name but it's john v no, we should v- probably not say his name okay. john smith his name's John. John blank, yeah. John V. That's the name. <laughs> and so John V, uh, we put out a tweet opening night about FanDuel, top three players you got to have in your lineup. So this guy just starts sending like three or four comments to our page about, you know, asking questions. And then all of a sudden he goes, DM, please, question mark. So I was like, well, first off, dude, you could have just DM'd me. But second off, I was like, okay. So I sent him a, a message. I said, what's up? Thinking, you know, this was going to be a quick, you know, You're gonna help quick out conversation fan, yeah. and we'd be done with it. So soon enough, this guy ends up asking like 500 questions. He won't stop messaging <laughs> He us doesn't stop. <laughs> he asks what – he literally thinks that we are a crystal ball of information. I understand like – FanDuel is – it takes research and stuff, but it's mostly just luck. And he gets mad at us when we don't respond yeah. on it. We yeah. tell him what to do, and then he'll send us well, his and, then he was and like, it won't have anything we thing, told him to do. The thing that I love crazy. the most is he'll ask us what we think, and I'll be like, yeah, that's good. And then he'll be like, do you think it's good? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like – I said that's the best lineup you've ever put together, and he goes, so you think it's good, question mark? I'm like, <laughs> why would I tell you that if it wasn't? So needless to say, he now – has no money left in his FanDuel account. <laughs> Every lineup he's done since we started talking has tanked. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've been making money. So it's been really funny because... Yeah, we've been making easy cash. And he we got him with some, some, name, some funny names. Those will oh, be that posted. was the best. Those will be posted at some point. So I'll just read one real quick. This I is the first one. Like, yeah. Sarich is good to you, think? He, he, he types like he's five years old, for the record. We said yes. At this point, we were kind of annoyed. I have Sarich in. If I were you, I'd see how much Ligma is. <laughs> Ligma? Who's that? Lig my balls. He always gets off to a hot start. I don't know who that is, LOL. If you have to pick one, Paul George or Steven Adams, which one would you go? He just completely blew off the Ligma ball. <laughs> Acted like it didn't happen, didn't understand it at all, and he just kept going with more questions. Did we got him didn't we get him with a uh, D's? D's? Oh, we nuts. got him with D's. The next one was I like Diala or Ligma. What's our cut if you win money? Okay, i got to find another funny thing. Oh, I said, first, try to fit Bofa in there. He said, what the fuck is Bofa? That's what his exact word. Bofa D's nuts. And then he got kind of mad. He caught on to that one. But other than that, he just crapped his pants. You just, Jake you just said, crapped his pants laughing. You just said two of them, and we have at least gotten him on like six. Yeah. We all, did we get him with Joe and Angie? Not Joe and Angie. We've gotten him on Sockon. Oh yeah, Sockon. Who's Sockon? Sockon. He's. Uh, we've gotten him on Chris. 
The uh, best part about him is we can hit him with a thousand of these. He wouldn't realize a single one besides both of these nights, apparently, and he would just keep going with the questions. I love him. I think one of my one of my biggest concerns when we started sending him like these names and stuff was that it was just like some twelve year old kid on the internet. Yeah. That you know we were just sending this like vulgar crap to, yeah. and then we did learn that he is actually thirty years old. So yeah, so we're good. We're good. Uh, <laughs> we just have been sending him some random stuff. Yeah, and I even did. I've been scrolling right here, and I said you should really consider playing Seymour, and he said Seymour WTF, <laughs> and I said Seymour butts, <laughs> and he responds back eighty versus kings or the Greek freak versus the base. <laughs> just, just blows it like off like seconds later too. Yeah, so. So Johnny boy, great guy, really, really love old Johnny. We're gonna keep this relationship going on during the year. So hopefully that, he's listening to this. I, I doubt it. I, I, I doubt that. He doesn't very know how much. to use podcast app. Not a chance. <laughs> no. All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. We will be back next week once again. Same, uh, you know, s- setup as we did this week. We're going to talk about the previous week's games and then we were going to preview the week week's upcoming week of games i can't even talk anymore <laughs> tired of talking johnny got you flustered he got me all <laughs> flustered so thanks for tuning in guys we really appreciate it and we will be back next week yeah and the uh, thunder's zero and three so have a, have a good day all right guys see you later one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.